If you have your Bibles, I'm going to be reading from the book of Luke, chapter 22. The book of Luke, chapter 22, and verses 14 through 22. And then also, I will be reading 1 Corinthians, chapter 11, verses 23 through 30. But the book of Luke, chapter 22, and verse 14. And when the hour was come, he sat down, excuse me, and the twelve apostles with him, and he said unto them, with desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. With desire, I have uh, wanted to eat this with you, with desire, I've desired to do it, I'm I've wanted to do it. I can say since the elder talked to me about this communion Sunday and wanting to have it, I've looked forward to today with desire. I've I've desired to be here. I've desired to let the world know that I, I identify with the body of Christ. I identify with who, I, with who I am and what I am with God. I, I'm glad, I'm proud, I say it a bunch and I'm gonna say it again. I, I am proud to be apostolic. I'm proud to be a one God, apostolic, tongue talking, holy roller, child of God and with desire I've wanted to get here this morning and partake from this table today for I say unto you I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God and he took the cup and he gave thanks and said take this and divide it among yourselves for I say unto you I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come and he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it And he gave unto them saying, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup after supper saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of him that betrayeth me is with me on the table and truly the son of man goeth as it was determined but woe unto that man by whom he is betrayed first corinthians chapter 11 verse 23 for i have received of the lord that which also i delivered unto you that the lord jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also, he took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as... Ye eat this bread and drink this cup. You do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink of this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. 
But let a man examine himself and let him eat of the bread and drink of that cup. For if he eat, eateth and drinketh unworthily. Here it is again. And eateth and drink and he eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. You may be seated. I want to say today that if you feel like that you are worthy to eat of this this morning and drink of this, it's not our obligation to tell you that you are not unworthy or you are not unfit. That, that is a choice you have to make this morning. What are you talking about? I feel uh, Jesus Christ himself didn't tell Judas that he was unworthy. He let him eat and drink of it of himself. But I, I caution you today, and we'll hit this a little again here in a minute, but I caution you to have your heart and your mind ready to eat because if you do it and you're not worthy, it could be damnation to yourself. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. I realize here today that there are some people not here this morning because they didn't, they're not worthy or not ready, if you would say, if you'd allow me to put it that way, um, to eat of this. And so they just decided to miss with excuses. Um, and I want to caution you on doing that. That don't get you out. That don't, that don't, that don't, that don't make a way of escape for you, if you allow me to put it that way. Because that is, see, the Lord knows the heart. And as the pastor, are we talking to him this morning? Um, so many are, there's a lot of people called. And I know there's a sickness going around. My grandma's sick this morning. And um, she don't get to feeling better. They're going to probably have to take her and have her looked at by um, the hospital. But I know there is a sickness going around. But God knows the intent of the heart today. And you can say, well, I'm not worthy, therefore I'm not going to go. And I'm, I don't want to sit there and be embarrassed about uh, not going up to the front. But see, the, that, that don't get you out of it. because The Bible said, because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out. If you're acting the part and looking the part and uh, saying, well, I'm apostolic, but uh, if you're not ready to identify, if you're not ready to apply the blood this morning, then you're not really apostolic. And I want to also say that I know we have new ones here today. And the Bible said where little's known, uh, little's required. Where much is known, much is required. And I, I want to tell them today, uh, I understand they don't know everything um, that there is to know about this book. And we're, we're trying to do Bible studies. And we're trying to uh, bring them on in and show them the word of God. And so uh, I caution you to give our new babies a, a, a time and a space. Uh, the Bible talks about the sincere milk of the word. But I also am concerned with uh, apostolic Pentecostals that um, have lived for God all of their lives. And... Um, uh, are not here today because that they're not ready to eat of this uh, bread and this drink of this cup this morning. I, that, that worries me that uh, there's something going on there in their lives that they need to check it out. But communion is, it's, it's a very special thing when 
Christians gather together for communion service. It's, it's in remembrance of the Bible said of him. Every time you do it, as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. Do it when you do this, you think about me. The, it is a memorial. It is something that you do. Jesus said in the book of Luke chapter 22 and verse 19 that remembrance is the heart of the matter. When you remember this, remember it. It's, it's about me. It's about what I've done for you. It's about what I come to earth and I shed my blood for you on a cross for your salvation. You don't just take it lightly that uh, this is just communion. This is just uh, a little bit of juice and a little bit of unleavened bread up here. It, it's a lot more than what's just sitting on this table today on these little cups and, and in this dish. It's something that uh, Christ did. It's the sacrifice that God himself, when he robed himself in flesh and dwelt among us and he come down, it was the grace of God that when he come down for the supreme sacrifice and he robed himself in flesh and he dwelt among us as they crucified him on the cross. Uh, it was something that he didn't have to do it, but thank God he did. He didn't have to do it, but thank God he did. And so to understand this, we need to look at uh, the communion. And communion, it was first um, instituted or come to root in the Passover. It was something that when the children of Israel was in Egypt, they was in bondage in Egypt for over 400 years and 30 years and they begin to cry out to God about uh, save us in our bondage save us uh, in our dying in despair if you will and so the Bible said that the Lord he heard their cry and he spoke to a man on the backside of the desert named Moses and he said you know Moses in the burning bush I want you to go down and I want you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go well who do I say is going to send me you just tell them the I am that I am that has sent you and so the Bible says that he goes down there and he begins to tell Pharaoh hey I want you to let my people go and uh, Pharaoh as we all know the stories from Sunday school and from a child that he would not let them go and so the plagues was come upon them nine plagues uh, had come upon them but the last plague it was the most uh, uh, crucial plague this was the one that was going to uh, uh, let them go and the Bible said that the death angel he come throughout Egypt and the Bible said that he spoke to them and he told them I want you to go and I want you to kill and take a lamb and I want you to uh, take this lamb and you have to sacrifice it or you have to cook it if you will not so much sacrifice but you have to cook it whole you have to put it all together and this lamb had to be a spotless lamb a lamb without blemish a lamb uh, without any flaws in it at all there could not be a broken bone and they could not break a bone in its body as they begin to cook this whole this lamb and they had when they killed this lamb they had to collect 
the blood from the lamb and they begin to cook this lamb and cook it whole and they uh, if this family and they had to eat it whole they had to had to eat the whole thing but God told them if you can't eat this whole lamb by yourself I want you to invite your neighbors over I want you to invite enough people that um, you can eat this lamb whole and, and so that they they would take this lamb and they uh, begin to roast it and they uh, invited their friends over if there wasn't enough and they begin to eat the lamb whole and the Bible said that you are to eat it um, when you're eating, you're ready. You need to eat it dressed for travel. You need to be. You need to eat this lamb, this last supper, and you need to be. You need to eat it like you're ready to get out of here. I've heard your cry. I've heard your plea and so I want you to eat it in haste with your loins girded and shoes on and, and staff in your hand. They are, And you are to put out the leavening from your houses. They were to eat unleavened bread for seven days after the Passover. They was to get all the leavening out of the house and we'll hit that in just a minute and uh, in the years that followed even to this day all the Israelites they they celebrate this day this this high day and they took this blood that they collected from uh, this spotless lamb and the Bible said you are to apply it to the lintel the, the doorpost uh, the two sides of the door and to the top of the door and this is to signify that when the death angel comes through Egypt as he makes his way through that when the angel of the Lord the death angel when he sees the blood on the doorpost he knows that this is a child of God this is an Israelite this is a Jew this is a people that is called by my name and so uh, they, you are to apply the blood and anybody that's in this house uh, any firstborn is going to be spared uh, from the death angel uh, I come to tell you today we're here to apply the blood today uh, I know it was instituted over 3,000 years ago uh, uh, but the blood still has to be applied today to the doorpost Hallelujah. It's a serious celebration even to this day over there that if you do not partake of this Passover, if you do not partake of this celebration uh, in the land of Israel, that it is considered a sin not to do this and partake of, of this in remembrance of the Lord delivering them out of uh, the Egyptian bondage and it's, it's so it's a serious celebration for the Jews it's considered a very serious thing the importance uh, because of this original Passover was a type and a symbol that was fulfilled in Jesus Christ uh, Jesus Christ is the substance or the symbolic uh, uh, of the Passover he, it was heaven's spotless lamb um, the one that was without spot and the one without blemish uh, that come to earth and robed himself in flesh and dwelt among us and healed the sick and, and he cleansed the leopard and he raised the dead and he cast out devils and, and he changed people's hearts and he changed people's lives. People was drawn to him because of his goodness and his grace and his compassion and his mercy. And I come to tell you 2,000 years later, there's people that 
that is still drawn uh, by his goodness uh, and by his grace uh, and by his compassion uh, and by his mercy. Uh, oh, thank God uh, that he saved us. Uh, thank God he looked beyond my faults. Uh, he didn't save me for what I was, uh, but he saw me uh, for what I could be. Uh, he didn't see me uh, in the miry pit of sin uh, that I was. Uh, he didn't see me uh, in the drug houses uh, and on the bar stools, uh, but he seen me uh, in an apostolic uh, church uh, with my hands uh, in the air uh, saying, God, I thank you uh, for loving me. God, I thank you uh, for dying uh, for me uh, on a cross. Uh, you didn't uh, have to do it, but you did. I come to tell you today, he didn't have to do it. Oh, thank God that when he put that call within our, our hearts, that, that voice that began to speak to us on the inside of us one day. I don't know where you was, maybe when the first time the Lord began to grip your heart and grip your life and say, you know what, there's something better for you. There's something different for you. There's something I got for you. And it's more than what you're experiencing right now. It's more than what you're partaking in right now. I know that this old life seems bitter, but I got a little something better for you. And there was something that began to resonate on the inside of you as truth began to be instilled in your heart through a still, small voice from Jesus Christ, from the love of God. And you begin to expand upon it. No doubt you entered into an apostolic church for the very first time. And as they begin to sing uh, them old songs uh, of Zion uh, nothing but the blood uh, oh the blood uh, of Jesus uh, and as it begins uh, to resonate in your soul uh, and in your mind uh, and in your heart uh, there was something uh, on the inside of you uh, saying oh uh, this is what I've been looking for uh, oh uh, this is what I've been longing for What are you talking about, preacher? There's something on the inside of every human being. That's why we're here, is to praise and magnify the Lord and give him praise. We took the devil's spot when God kicked him out of heaven like lightning. Oh, he wanted somebody to commune with. He wanted somebody elder to talk to and fellowship with, and therefore, he he said, we're going to make man. Oh, and I'm going to commune and talk with him. What are you talking about, preacher? I've said it before. I feel like I need to say it again. There's something on the inside. Oh, and so many people in this world, they don't know it, and they look for that longing in a bottle. They look for it in a marijuana joint. They look for it 
oh, and pornography and illicit affairs. Uh, they look for it uh, in the things that the world has to offer. But when they get all said and done, uh, they still find themselves empty. Uh, they still find themselves uh, with a longing uh, for something more. Uh, and that's why uh, they'll drink one bottle, uh, then two, uh, then a six pack. Uh, one joint leads to two. Uh, one pill leads to a bottle. Uh, I come to tell you today, uh, that longing on the inside uh, is a longing for God. Uh, it's a longing uh, to communicate uh, and talk to God. They don't understand it. And that's why it's up to us. That's why he says go to the highways and the byways. And I want you to compel them to come. That's why you need to be a light. That's why you need to be a witness. Why? Because they don't know. They ain't experienced it. They don't know what's coming on. And so it's up to us. We're the only Bible a lot of people ever read. And what kind of Bible are they reading when they see you? What kind of co-worker are you? What kind of friend are you? Come on. It's up to you. And they see you. What is it about you? You're different. You're not like everybody else. What is it? Let's have a little talk. Oh, and then you have a little talk with Jesus. You tell them about God. You tell them about the ways of God. You tell them what God will do for them. What God will keep them from. God will keep your family. God will build a hedge of protection around you and your babies. God will build a protection around your kids. God will take care of you. And there's something that begins to resonate on the inside of them. Oh, preacher, are you sure? Are you sure? Uh, yes, sir, I'm sure. I can stand people up all over this building that somewhere in time something resonated on the inside of them and they come in contact with the best thing that ever happened to them when they made their way to church and they got a hold of God and God filled them with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. That's the best thing that could ever happen. I got a long way to go, Sister Sherry, and I'm going to get you in here quick. Come on. They're going to make her work today, but she told them she got to come take communion. I like it. We're going to get you in and get you out. And I know I'm trying to hurry, but the Lord, the Last Supper, it's sacred. It's setting forth two fundamentals of the gospel. First, the bread, which represents the incarnation of Christ. And as we partake of the bread, we are reminded of the word of John in the book of John chapter 1 and verses 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That word, when you come and partake this morning of this bread, you're going to come and partake of Jesus Christ himself. This is the bread. This is a reminder of the body that was broken for our transgressions. Uh, it was the body that was bruised for our iniquities. Woo! And thank God the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. 
I would be redundant this morning not to say that not only the blood that was shed that day for our salvation, but that blood that was shed with the stripes on his back was for our healing. I still believe that you can anoint them with oil and the prayer shall not only save the sick, but they shall recover. I still believe in 2023 that you can lay hands on the sick and they shall be healed. How do you know that? Because it was the blood. That precious blood of Jesus Christ. He bore in his body the punishment for our sins. When you take the bread today, you are to be reminded that the deliverance from sin, it didn't come cheap. It wasn't something you find down at the five and dime store. It's not something you go into the Dollar Tree and I hear that the Dollar Trees even raise their prices. Not everything's a dollar anymore. My Lord, have mercy. Thank God for the president. He's saving us money. But it's not cheap. A body that was broken. And so the Last Supper, when Jesus took the bread and he broke it, just as his body was about to be broken. It's notable that the bread that Jesus took from the Passover table was unleavened bread. I looked at that. Curious. Leaven. I'm not a cook here today. I barely can grill. I need some grill to call Brother Zach Bergald. I, I tell him, I say, man, what about some ribs or something? I, uh, uh, I can do decent on a steak. I, I eat enough of them, so I, I'm a steak potato guy, but... I'm not much of a cook, but leavening is, is yeast, and it's what, it's what makes the bread rise. I don't know how many of you kids has ever been in the kitchen when grandma or mama's trying to cook a cake and you're jumping over by the stove. You ever been that? And all of a sudden they go to screaming, hey, you're going to make my cake fall. Get out of this kitchen, boy. Beat you. It's the leavening that makes it become puffed up and rise, and so... During the Passover and for seven days after, the Israelites were to remove all leavening from their houses. What are you talking about? Leavening is a type of sin. So I begin to look at this, dig into this a little bit. It represents false doctrine. If you're giving heed to... Uh, other preachers and other doctrines, you better study the word of God out and make sure what they're preaching is truth. Don't give heed. He said, get a plum out of your life and not plum out of your life. Get a plum out of your house. Get it out of your house. Get the false doctrine out of your house. The air of your ways, representing things that puff us up, exalting ourselves, being full of pride in our flesh, Leavening is mentioned several times in the New Testament by both Jesus and Apostle Paul. And every time they liken it unto sin. God knew from the very Passover that the body would be broken and purchased and would have to be without sin. No pride. I went in the prayer room this morning and began to 
uh, if you're not careful, I don't care who you are, you get a little pride about you. Uh, in this walk with life. And I begin saying, God, let me lay aside not only the sin, but the weights of sin that might so easily beset me. I myself was checking my heart. God, let me get all the pride out of my heart. God, if I got any pride, let me get it out of my heart. God, I don't want to be too good to go up to that table today and, and eat and drink of you today. God, get, get the pride out of my heart. Get, get the bitterness out of my heart today. If I got any bitterness in my heart, search me, oh God. Convict me of it this morning. I, I gotta be clean today. What are you talking about? Second the communion set forth the atonement the grace the mercy that set us free from sin's grip that had on us sin had a grip on us the wages of sin elder is death and that sin had a grip on every one of us. What are you talking about? He said every man, every person was born in sin and shapen in iniquity. This flesh, it's, it's enmity toward God. What, what God wants, this flesh, it don't want it. And every one of us had to come with the grip of sin and say, you know what? I break that grip today. I get it off of me today. Why? Because I want to be identified with the body of Christ. What are you talking about? It is a blood covenant today at this table. The juice that is taken in communion is taken in remembrance of the blood that was shed for our sins. In ancient times, the most solemn form of an agreement was the blood covenant which was sealed or signed with sacrificial blood. The covenant that God made with Israel at Mount Sinai was a blood covenant. It was a covenant that he made with them and he sealed it with sacrificial blood. It was the blood that bound them to the contract. It's easy today to come up here and just say, I'm going to take of this very easily. Think about it before you do. The New Testament is a new covenant that was instituted by Christ. And it is a blood covenant. By that blood, God is bound to pardon and save all who come under the covenant of the blood. Woo! Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus is the divine guarantee that God will be merciful and gracious to those who truly repent. And in communion, we take that blood and we symbolically apply it. Woo! We apply it to us today and apply it to our lives. We do so in reverence of the price that was paid for sin. And in recognition of the fact that by that blood we entered into a covenant with God. I feel a little brother triplet within my soul here today. I talked with the elder last night and 
I want to make sure it's notable before Nyosho Apostolic Lighthouse. We, and in the world out there and even in the apostolic realm to some, it's are you a whiner or are you a juicer when it comes to communion? Do you take wine or do you take juice? Well, I come and proudly present to you today that I am a juicer. I don't take wine. I have never drunk an alcoholic beverage in my life. Never one time have I drunk anything with an alcoholic content to it. And I don't believe that being at the altar drinking communion wine with an alcoholic content uh, would be good for me. And so I believe with all my heart. And what are you talking about? The juice is the element that represents the blood of Jesus Christ. Like his body, his blood is also pure and undefiled, without leavening of sin. And so if we, we eat, have to eat unleavened bread with no leavening in it, why would we drink an alcohol that is fermented, which would mean that it would have yeast or leavening in it? Yeast or leavening would allow it to be altered to be fermented. And, and so, with that being said, if you have to drink or have to eat unleavened bread, I feel like you have to drink something that would be unleavened with it as well. The Bible said, a little leaveneth, leaveneth the whole lump. So why would I drink, eat unleavened bread and then drink leavened wine or wine with yeast that would uh, signify pride or being puffed up? And so here at the Osho Apostolic Lighthouse, Juice is pure and undefiled, just like the blood that was shed for our sins. I want to be pure today. I want to be unspotted today from the world. Communion is a serious matter, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm almost done. It is, it is serious, and it is to be taken serious. It's, it's not to be taken lightly. We read today in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 27, it warns us against taking the Lord's Supper unworthily. We should note that it does not say unworthy. None of us today are worthy. Now we can take it unworthily, but we are all unworthy to drink of the cup today. But He has made us worthy but you can come and make it unworthily. Unworthy means without merit or value, worthless and not deserving. Unworthily means inadvertently unfit or in an unworthy manner. Unworthy is a condition. Unworthily is a manner or an attitude. God, help us to have the right attitude this morning. They are two entirely different words. None of us is worthy, but he has made us worthy through salvation. Unworthily, unworthily has to do with the manner, spirit, conduct, attitude in which we take communion. We can come up and say, well, I know I got a little sin in my heart, but who cares? I'm going to take it. It's just some juice. It's just a little bit of bread somebody cooked. That's unworthily. That's your attitude. 
That's why a lot of people ain't here today because they don't want to come up here and take it unworthily. But none of us is worthy. Don't, don't get them confused because we're all unworthy, but he makes us worthy through salvation. But let a man examine himself. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the Passover lamb was required to be separated for up to four days to examine it for spots and blemishes during the time this individual made himself ready for the Passover by ridding his house as of all the unleavening that was in it. Self-examination is a must. I, before I am done here today, and I'm almost done, if they'll come to the music, I'm going to try to quit. I know we got a long time and got to go, but I would want to ask us to find a place here in just a moment, a place of prayer to examine ourselves, to repent and ask God to help us if there is any sin in our lives. Our hearts should be free from condemnation, guilt, and sin. Does this mean you have to be just this perfect person 365 days out of the year? No, sir. We're, we're, we're flesh. We're going to come up short. Attitude's going to get in the way. And uh, this is going to get in the way. And that's going to get in the way. But what you got to do, as Brother Nathaniel Sampson would say, is when you fall, you got to get back up. It said, not if, not, not, it's not if you fall. It's not you might fall, but it says when you fall. When? We're flesh. We got to get ourselves back up. You're not going to be perfect, 365. And if you are, great. That's awesome. I believe that you can, you can humble yourself and get to a place. Uh, different ones in the Bible, Melchizedek and Elijah, they, they got so close with God that one day they was here and the next day they was gone because they walked with God so close. There is, a, there is that, that walk that you can get in. But uh, we're living in a real world and, and sin is very rampant amongst us. And so, But if you fall... When you fall, you, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And, and you fall down on your knees and, and you say, God, I failed. God, I come up short. I let, I let pride get in the way. I, I let bitterness get in the way. I, I let hatred get in the way. I, I let flesh get in the way. And, and we got to check ourselves and we got to humble ourselves. And, and that's why we make an announcement a week prior to it. But we want you to start examining yourselves, getting, getting the leavening out of the house, getting, getting all the impurities out of your heart and out of your family. What are you talking about, preacher? This is, this is about unity today. What are you talking? Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 16, he said, the cup of blessing which we bless is not the communion of the blood of Christ, the bread which we break. It is not the communion of the body of Christ for being many are one bread and one body for we all are partakers of that one bread. It's about being a body today. 
coming together as a body in communion today and say, okay, God, I identify with the body of Christ. I identify with who you are and what you are today. As it was just important that day when they was getting ready to come out of Egypt when he said you take that lamb less than a year old lamb you go and you cook that whole and you prepare it and if you can't eat all of it you find a neighbor and I'm going to ask if there's somebody by themselves here today or a smaller family, maybe one or two. I would, I would ask you if, you, if you've got a, a family, you look over and somebody's by themselves, I would ask you to invite them to come to this table with you today. I don't want nobody coming up here by themselves. I'd like for them to come. Why? Because we're a body today. We're all in unity today. As we come up and we drink and we partake, I want to signify to the world, not only are we apostolic, not only do we identify with Jesus Christ, but we identify as unity, one body, one spirit, one hope of our calling. As they play something today, if you could find a place just to check your heart, Somebody comes up here and you say, well, I I want you to worry about your own self. The Bible said if they come up here and if they eat and they drink of this and they're not worthy, it's going to bring damnation to their own soul. That's why many are sick and feeble and some rest. Some have died because they've ate of this unworthy. How I love it's not up to us to point out the sins of others. It's up to us to make sure that ourselves is ready to drink of this cup, to take of this bread. It's not up to us to identify the Judases at the table here this morning. It's up to us to say, Lord, is it I? Is it me, God? Am I the one? Can I check my heart today, God? Is there any sin in my heart? Any bitterness in my life? Any hatred? Any malice? Any perversion? But cleanse me this morning, oh God, for I come up today. Cleanse me this morning for I partake of that cup today. I gotta be saved, Lord. I gotta be right, God. On a hill. Far 